listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So I've been on this poetry kick for like an entire ten days. Um, and we talked about a particular poem yesterday, and I wanted to get into the dis- dissecting it. Uh, reading a little of the dissection of this poet poem by uh, Smarty Pants, because I think you'll find this pretty entertaining. Okay. So I'll read the poem one uh, again, because it's very short. It's one of the most famous poems in the history of the English language. I'll be damned. It was written in the 1920s, I think. But I just had Googled, because like I said, I'm into poetry right now, just Googled famous poems. And this is the most famous poem of the last, I think, 25 years. It's been in more poetry anthologies than any other in the last quarter century. And it's all about the pauses, right? They're, they're entire college classes written about the red wheelbarrow. This is a very short poem. A red wheelbarrow glazed with rain water beside the white chickens. That's the whole thing. Uh, yeah. What? One of the greatest poems <laughs> ever written. Did my headphones cut out there? <laughs> no, that was it. And, uh,. I'll just read a little bit of the, the, the analysis, okay. which is just... The red wheelbarrow symbolizes red wheelbarrows. <sighs> I could jump into any part of this analysis. It's all just a load of crap as far as I can tell. With four stanzas, the poem describes in great detail not just a wheelbarrow, but a whole scene, a moment stuck in time. The form of the poem accomplishes this by using the strange breakpoints to emphasize certain words. The first stanza so much depends upon, illustrates this by making the reader's eye and mind just hang off the word depends. The gravity of the situation draws the reader in despite not even knowing, unless one infers from the title, what so much depends on. The verb depends throws the reader off the cliff of so much. I don't like to be thrown off of things when I'm reading. And the speaker just offers us the shaky root of a pawn on which we are expected to climb back up to reality. How the hell am I going to climb back upon a pawn? But of course we do so on his terms. Agitated, the reader then looks down to see for what he or she has been thrown into oblivion. A red wheelbarrow. No, a red wheelbarrow. The abrupt disjuncture of the phrase deconstructs the word, forcing the mind to reconsider a kindergarten-level word, such as wheelbarrow, and give it more importance. It goes on and on like this for like a book-length article. The brevity of the phrase glazed with rain not only highlights the word glazed... I prefer glazed with sugar. ...which does a huge amount of work for the speaker, but it also introduces the interlinear rhyme... You know, it's funny. My eyes are glazed right now. Go I on. Know. I know. And then <laughs> no, it gets into I'm this. It. And then it gets into this long thing about agriculture and a way of life. And so it's my- a time caps. It's a time machine, Jack. It takes us back into the moment. No, see, here's what I don't like: when people are writing about other writing, and they use their review of writing to try to show you how good of a writer they are. Right. If you want to show me how good of a writer you are, submit something to be reviewed. Don't sneak it into <laughs> a review that you are doing about something else. Rant over. Yeah. 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 There is a lot of that in, in critiques, but let me read the whole poem for you again, just in case you're like <clears throat> thinking, did I miss something? Do we no, have time for that? Here's the right, whole do thing. It the, do it with the pauses, though. I'll do the pauses. Although right. it makes... Daddy, do it with the pauses. <laughs> a red wheel barrow. Glazed with rain, water, beside the white chickens. 
<laughs> that's the whole thing. Are so, you f- kidding <laughs> me? <laughs> Probably ought to bleep that, Hanson. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I, honest to God, because I'm trying to be better than us. I'm, I'm trying to be a better version of me. I'm really trying to do, but but I no, can't. That's good. I, can't, I encourage that. I can't tell if I'm being jerked around here or if I'm just too dumb. I almost gave up on my poetry kick yesterday. I thought, you know what? I clearly am just not cut out for this. I mean, there's other stuff I like, but like. There are so many YouTube videos with people describing what's going on there. Books have been written. There are college classes dedicated to this. And I just think I'm clearly not smart enough. I'm just yeah. not. Or, or you're too down to earth. I once read a review of one of my favorite albums of all time, definitely in my top ten. I'm not going to mention it because it would just be a distraction, but it's an incredible work of art, See, in my the opinion. first or second Partridge Family album? No, no, it's a Lover Boy's debut album. Uh, anyway, the red leather, it's just, it's so appealing to me. No, but this album is, is beloved. It's not very well known, but the people who know it worship it. And this reviewer accused fans of fetishizing it, trying to make it more than it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a damn solid album. The songs are intriguing. The lyrics are wacky. It's, it's down to earth in kind of a cool way. But come on, people, quit with your worshipfulness. That, see, that, the, that poem, and I fully understand maybe I'm too much of a dope to get it, but to me, that's just an, an enormous fetishization of something. It's a nice little poem. It's, it's fine, but I, it's not all that crap that it claimed to be. And then once something does reach critical acclaim, how much of it is, well, of course I get it. This is a highly... Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah, this yeah. is a highly respected poem. Of course, I get it. Oh, you don't get it? I mean, isn't there a certain amount of that that goes on? Absolutely, yeah. Emperor's New Clothes combined with fetishizing something and, and racing to be the most eloquent and wordy praiser of it. This, it's it's a subculture thing. It's like, you know, as a rock and roll guy, I became aware of uh, East Coast people, New York people in particular, fetishized the Ramones just about how incredibly important they were and vital and how Stupid Midwestern rock was compared about how, to compared to how cool the Ramones were in CBGB and everything. It's like you people are full of crap. There are little rock clubs all over America where bands are, are are digging in. They're playing their own wacky version of what rock and roll is, and some of them are good, some of them are better, some of them are pretty unique. And the Ramones were pretty unique and pretty cool, but because they're New York, they just it just, it just becomes masturbation. I don't know. The final stanza completes the picture. Beside the white chickens implies a rural setting. The presence of yeah, life. Yeah, because they're friggin' chickens. We got that. <laughs> the presence of life and finally the encapsulation of the image inside itself. The first line contains the rhyme and the levity of the situation. The words themselves complete the physical idea. The chickens, which hid during the storm, return upon seeing the light, which illuminates the wheelbarrow. See, my problem with all of this, back to the fetishizing thing, is you could write something almost exactly the same as that about Hickory Dickory Doc the Mouse Ran Up the Clock. 
Oh, okay. That version. Um, if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to, you could do 10,000 words on, on how it echoes the aspirations of us all, even while encapsulating the, the outcast feel of the rodent, natural to the earth, yet, yet forbidden from the home. And aren't we all echoing the mouse's alienation in our search for meaning? Bullshit. You know what it's reminding me of? It's reminding me of the James Lindsay stuff where they made up the fake papers to, oh, and yeah. submitted them. Because you could do that with the Hickory Dickory Duck. The smallness of a mouse compared to the largeness of time. The contrast is striking. You know, that sort of crap. Or the humble tell woodland that, creature. Tell me that that's not any different than what I just read. What I just said about the smallness of the mouse and the largest of time. How is that different? Hell, I could give you 350 words. <laughs> to hell, 3,500 words on the mouse, the natural world, juxtaposed with the mechanical monster that is the clock. Indeed, man's very construct of artificial time and how it butts up against the natural world and insists on its own dominance. And time, which comes for us all and... The irony of running up the clock while time moves at such a steady, slow pace. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. Again, yeah, I like that. I like that analysis. And I think that happens a lot with, like, Bob Dylan lyrics. And I think Bob Dylan himself is like, God, you guys think too much. Uh, it sounded good. <laughs> the and then fit. at the moment the clock strikes one, one, the first number in which we escape zero. At that moment, the mouse chooses to run down back to the earth, having heard the clarion call, the siren call of the mechanized world. The mouse rejects it and returns to the earth, its essence, hickory dickory dock. Have you read that poem to your mom, Sean? Because <laughs> she's an artist, and I just wondered if maybe she would take it differently than I do. Uh, I could try. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll see. I'll, just, I'll see. I'd be She's a visual artist, so I don't know if the, you know, mm. I'm not sure how the. I don't know either. The art. <laughs> yeah. I, I am not artistic, so I have no idea how those things translate. You know what, Sean? What? Why don't you do that, and I'll read it to my dog, <laughs> and I'll see if Baxter barks. <laughs> the best commentary was, "You're effing kidding me." <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Joe, before we get to what your, your, uh, what your close to happy ending might have been, the, um, I'm noticing here on Bryson DeChambeau's, uh, NFT bids that the current high bidder for one of the events is, uh, somebody by the name of Smokin' Joe 6969. Yeah, that's me. Are, are you bidding? Are you bidding three <laughs> Ethereum on Bryson DeChambo NFT moments? I absolutely am. Smoking yeah, that's Joe my sixty-nine, sixty-nine. That's my screen name. Yeah. yeah, because you wanted to be smoking Joe sixty-nine, but that was taken. Right, and I thought, hey, you right know what back. I could do? You know, it's twice as good as smoking Joe sixty-nine. <laughs> Smoking Joe 69, 69, bingo, giggity. Well, Smoking Joe 69, you a child. 420 was taken. Yeah. <laughs> By Elon Musk. <laughs> I was going through this the other day with my son, trying to come up with a screen name. What are they going to do in the future? If, there were, if we're already out of screen names, anything you can come up with, your own personal name gone. And you, is gone. 
Please. Your own personal name with any number of letters? and, uh, and th- that, that was gone three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do in the future? They're going to have to invent characters. Uh, all right. I wonder if you'll have like a 15-digit code. And uh, you'll just have to send your code to friends. I suppose. But it's, oh. it's, it's tough. Joe's actually hitting on what minigames are doing in that your, your official thing that you register with the the video game company is kind of hidden in the background and then you can kind of put whatever name you want all over the top of that so you don't have to have you know different characters and numerical numbers and stuff to to get you a unique they gotta clear they gotta clear out the ones that aren't being used because henry henry wanted to be henry gamer that person might use it or they may have made that like 15 years ago and haven't used it in 15 years just like joe 69 might not be doing anything with his clever Name and it keeps you from clever it. and amusing. <laughs> anyway, giggity. <laughs> so, Jack, I got to ask you before I dive into this. It's really a, a, an unbelievable email. Um, any further developments on the skater kids uh, offering your son and his buddy drugs story um, that you'd like to admit to? No, um, I spent quite a bit of time talking to the police, and they at least pretended to be interested in the story. Um, and and talked to me for quite a while, and are going to start patrolling more often. I'm still working to try to get the couches out of there. The police can't do that. That's the city's park and rec department, and with COVID, nobody's there, and so that's become more difficult. You got a truck? You need me to come over, and we can pick up the couch and get it out of there? Well, it's a long way from a street, unless I'm going to drive across, you know, uh, little league fields. Well, we need a dolly. We need some ropes and pulleys. We we we'll take care of this in an afternoon. That's well, true. if you we can could. shoot up in the park and take a crap in the park and aggressively panhandle in the park and shout at people because you're a lunatic in the park, surely you can drive your pickup. I guess that's what I would say to a policeman. If you can <laughs> offer ten year olds drugs in the park, surely I can come pick up a couch in the park. Right. But right. Uh, yeah, we. I'm sure we could, Sean. That actually. And then hit him with, "I paid your salary." Oh boy, that's always that a good it? idea. <laughs> always a good idea. Hope the cops listening. And I still really have lumps from trying that before. <laughs> oh, geez, easy. So I, I bring this up because we got this um, note from. Uh, I'll just say uh, I don't know. He doesn't ask for anonymity, but this is a semi-frequent correspondent. Uh, we'll say his name is Rick. Uh, hello again, A&G from MDCLA, which is a prison. You asked about kids and drugs, and I think I'm qualified to answer any questions that you may have. I am detained pending trial for distribution of fentanyl resulting in death or serious bodily injury. Holy crap. I'm not a parent, but I was a child once. My general advice is, one, don't lie to kids, because any benefits of the lie will be transient, while the loss of trust will linger. And two, trust your parenting. You only get so many years of you being able to reward and punish children and shape their behavior before they start doing their own thing. They will make mistakes and get into trouble. But if you raise them well, they'll probably turn out fine. My story almost had a happy ending. I smoked weed and did ecstasy and psychedelics in high school because I'm curious and stubborn and wasn't going to take anyone's word for it that drugs are bad, especially after learning that all of the marijuana fear-mongering that I was taught was untrue, which sparked my interest in chemistry. I left high school early, went to UCLA for undergrad, then studied physics in grad school. In grad school, I developed a heroin addiction, and now here I am, looking at a 20-year mandatory minimum. Opioids are no joke. Then he goes into stuff on ecstasy or molly. 
uh, more in line with uh, psychedelics that uh, apparently one of the young miscreants offered, whether seriously or not, to your son and his buddy. Mm-hmm. And he describes the effects of it. Um, uh, da, da, da. It's I'm fairly guessing easy. it makes you feel good. It's fairly easy to tell if your child is using ecstasy. They'll be talking a mile a minute. Their eyes will be dilated. They will appear to be more affectionate than usual for people and soft objects. And if they are a regular user, you will probably notice them listening to a lot more EDM than they did before. Anyway, you've probably already gotten a lot of advice for your specific situation. Learn to trust your parenting. Uh, Good luck. Maybe I can find a way to spend my abundant free time advising children or parents about drugs. That'd be, a, that'd be a good thing to do with your life there, man. It'd yeah. be an awesome thing to do with your life. Yeah. Any wisdom you have about that track would be great to share, which you just yeah. did, obviously. How, how heartbreaking is that? My story almost had a happy ending. He got off of drugs, got himself educated in advanced education in physics, and then just for some reason wandered back to the, the hard stuff. Man, that's uh, Rick, and I know your real name. I'm looking at it. Uh, that's a drag, dude. I yes, feel for is. you. Yeah. Oh, that fentanyl. I was reading more about fentanyl. Holy crap. That's a problem. And the Chinese are, are heaping it upon us, too. They said they'd stop, but they haven't. It's coming through Mexico, by the way, speaking of the border, which we have been lately a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Boy, not one of our funnier podcasts. No, not really. I was expecting more out of Smoking Joe 6969. Yeah, we had that. That was good times. Yeah, it was. Those those were good times. Yeah, let's not forget that. Earlier in the podcast. Oh, man. So so fun. So much laughter. (laughs) Well, this was all important, but... I tell you what, some guy comes along and tries to use Smoking Joe 6969. (laughs) He's going to have a problem with me. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. What is the problem? I've never seen anything like this. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. Speaking of physical condition, the... Thin and handsome Matthew McConaughey. How serious is he about running for governor in Texas? I don't. I've heard. I can't of, remember. I haven't heard him say a word. I've heard other people say it about him. I would. I, I would I, bet I, yes at this point. He he did say that he's open to the idea. I remember he said something to that effect. I think not a, declaring, but you know, I think a serious person talks about it way less than the non-serious people do. Right, and like he hasn't your Caitlyn Jenner's. It. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She just wants her brand in the in the you know the public eye a little more. Uh, so, Sean, is this better like introduced or just uh, played cold? Uh, it's a, it's a, a, I'll just play it cold. We've always defined ourselves by the ability to overcome the impossible. Matthew McConaughey has a vision for Texas. You just gotta keep living, man. L I V I N. He wants everyone to have the basics. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. He is a problem solver. All right, you killed a hooker. Here's what you're going to do. Get your hands on some bleach, some hydrogen peroxide, and a blood of lime. That too, the law says that you cannot talk. He's a hard worker. And off at least twice a day. He's not some ass clown. I'm not some ass clown. He's a patriot. I'm a surfer, dude. Close enough. 
And why does Matthew McConaughey think he would make a good governor? I'm high as a kite. Matthew McConaughey for Governor of Texas. All right, all right, all right. Okay, it's a joke. It's yeah. a parody, I see. Yeah, it's got his, his, his movie lines. In so uh, I have no idea what he thinks about anything or anything about him personally, really. Other than I know he's a Christian and uh, all that sort of stuff. And he's, he's now out and proud about it after keeping it quiet, as he said he had to back in the day. Yeah, I I actually don't know. Does Texas have term limits on the governor? Can Greg Abbott run again? He seems to be pretty well thought of. Is Greg Abbott a movie star? <laughs> then no. Matthew McConaughey should be the governor. Okay, fair enough. If movie well, stars want to be our politicians or TV stars, then we all need to get out of their way. Exactly. And let them do their thing. Yes, I believe Abbott can run again because <laughs> all the polls I've seen compare... Uh, McConaughey to Abbott, so ah. I, I think they're assuming that would be the, the the competition. I'm not sure why McConaughey would want to unseat Greg Abbott, who is a, uh, a solid conservative. Mm. I don't know. I don't follow Texas internal politics that much, except you know the whole Beto O'Rourke, but that was national <laughs> office. Mm. He had a uh, moment, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he sure did. He was something with his jeans and his dog and his pickup truck, his skateboarding, good times, playing good. drums. Oh, so many aspects of him to like. <laughs> his telling his wife, I gotta go find myself. I'll see you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me know how the kids are doing. Which we all yeah. would love to do, kind of, yeah. but uh, yeah. I actually wouldn't want to do that. But You want to kiss the kids goodbye, uh, Beto? I'm already finding myself. Tell them I say hello. <laughs> Tell them to follow me on TikTok. I'll be posting there frequently. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a uh, shocking announcement to make. I began yesterday working with a personal trainer. Wow! Oh, yeah. That is a shocking Good announcement. Okay, are, are we talking uh, glamour muscles, your biceps, your your, your abs? Are, you, are we doing core strength? What are we doing? Are we doing Mostly practical? lats. It's all about the lats. I want the world's and biggest lats. Lats and traps. <laughs> Come for the lats, stay for the traps. No, it's it. You know what it is? It's partly. really focusing the above and below the shoulder areas. <laughs> The lats and traps. Is she young and hot? Is that what this is all about? I'd like to reduce deals? my moobs. Yeah, my wife has left me, honestly. And <laughs> No. Uh, no, actually, after I play golf, particularly if I play or practice two days in a row, my legs are killing me. I can barely walk after my uh, various surgeries. And so I, I know I have to get stretched out, and I need to get a lot stronger. And I was kind of trying to do it on my own half-assedly, but... Uh, there's a program, this uh, golf course where I play, that they have people who are certified in in golf-specific strength training and flexibility training. Is your, uh, is your personal trainer male or female? It's a feller. Okay. R- yeah. Rough age. Uh, 45. Handsomeness. He was wearing a mask. Seemed all right to me. I'm not a gay fella, so I'm not sure why you're asking me that. <laughs> is he all right? Is to he me. friends with your wife? <laughs> He's uh, no, they haven't met. Oh, okay. Why? What, what, what are you driving at? Some sort of tennis coach uh, hijinks here? <laughs> is he massaging no, she's got your nothing ad- to do with it? Is he massaging your adductors? When I ask, pretty he does. <laughs> that was the Al Gore move back in That's the like day. the upper inner thigh. Yeah, Isn't that, what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right Come next on. to. Yeah, <laughs> that's a much better name for it. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Crankatonia. Um, no, he, he does stretch me out, though, by golly. Like, are you talking like how, because, uh, you know, there, there's stretching that you can do where, like, if I try to touch my toes and fail, right, like, I can still feel the stretch. Or are you getting stretched out like an NBA player where he's, like, leaning on you and he's, he's yes. assisting with the stretches? All of the above. Interesting. Plus, very soon. Now, we haven't really started on the strength are stuff. You- I got one thing I'm doing, but. 
mostly it's flexibility. The, are you doing the Mel Gibson thing? What is that, you sir? lay across that big round thing? Like they, the, the exercise ball? They stretch under your, your both arms and your feet. Pull your oh, part. like you're being tortured? Yeah. Like drawn no. and quartered, but yeah. stop before that. Yeah, but stop right before my joints <laughs> get. I, I do that on an exercise ball, but it's it's not uh, torturous at all. Uh, okay, so here's one of the reasons I brought this up. You need to try to do this. This is a, it's amazing. They ask you to do something. The average person can do it for three seconds or less. Once you train for a while, you can do it. 10 seconds, 10 to 12. The average PGA Tour player can do it 25 to 30 seconds. Here's what it is. Hands more waitress. Hands <laughs> get a that's right. Get a Perkins waitress into the back seat. Um hands at your sides, not stuck out like you're, you know, balance beaming it. Hands relaxed at your side. Sean, you can try this. Jack, you can try this. All right, eyes open. Lift one knee up, lift one leg, so one foot off the floor. Now close your eyes. How long can you balance like that? Oh, 10. Oh, oh, and you got your eyes closed? I, I did, yeah, yeah. That's that's really good. Uh, I'm terrible at it. I, I know. I haven't tried it yet, but I know we do this at home a lot. It's a kind of game with the kids. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. And um, <laughs> my wife and Sam can do it. Until they, until somebody tells them to stop, until they get tired. Wow! I mean, just With their eyes closed. Henry and I can hardly do it at all. So, so I can't weird. go ten seconds, not even close. It's so weird. The moment you close your eyes, everything gets wobbly. It's yeah. How much? Yeah. Do, how high do I lift my uh, leg up? Yeah, just as high as you want. But just get it off the ground. Yeah. Eyes closed. Yeah. Knee. Get your knee up a little bit. Yeah. Arms the minute your uh, arms relax. The minute your leg is up, close your eyes. Where's you my- can get get established. How'd you do, Michael? Michael, I'm watching you flail around. Yeah, about four seconds. And I... <laughs> about like me. Yeah. yeah, don't be ashamed. That's all right. Uh, my chin tucked. Do whatever you want with your chin. <laughs> Keep your chin You're up. You're stalling. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. About Keep a your half eyes... a second. Keep your eyes open till your leg is up. Okay. You can establish your balance. Now close. Two. Three. Yeah, that's yeah. that's about like me. Yeah. And, and, so, actually, and then, so give me the, the scores again. Well, the average person, when they first try it, can only do three, four seconds. Hmm. And then as you work on it, you get better and better. But pro athletes can do it like your wife can, which is a tribute to her, I guess, um, <laughs> practically indefinitely. But it has to do with your stabilizing muscles. Oh, it does? Which are, which it's is not su- your brain? I would assume it's, it has more to do with your brain. You know, it doesn't hurt to get better balance because that's part mm-hmm. of being a good golfer, too. But um, I know having had my surgeries and, and the muscles atrophy and you try to build them up and all, the stabilizing muscles, um, they, they get really weak. And you have to build them back again. Get beefy, get brawny, get solid. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen those pro athlete workouts where they're standing on like half of an exercise ball and they're balancing on one foot and somebody's throwing like a bowling ball and they have mm-hmm. to catch it and throw it back. That's They're essentially just doing the extreme version of that workout. How many coins can you snatch off your elbow? <laughs> no, quite a few. Quite a few. Because we do that too. Hanson Hansen claimed to me in my ear that he can do it on each leg for 60 seconds. You think that's really? true? Yeah, he's in pretty good shape. I don't know. He's also the only person outside of the gaze of other people. <laughs> yeah, he's in another room where we can't see him. But I'm really looking forward to getting you know my glutes in shape because ha- I'm having trouble activating my glutes, like Tiger was talking about. Yeah, we now all, that's an actual thing. We've all been talking about it behind your back. 
They're so deactivated. They are just sagging there. Look at it. Look at his glutes. They're totally inactive. That's none of your business. Practically dragging on the ground. (laughs) But I'm so excited about it. You know, I've been wearing 36-inch stuff, pretty loose and everything. Sometimes even 38, if it's true size. I ordered a bunch of really short 30-inch shorts. (laughs) Yes. I mean, some really, I mean, they're practically briefs. Let your quads <laughs> breathe, man. I'm going I'm to start wearing them to work just as incentive. What's the main muscle that you need to strengthen to get to your balance? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Just there are a bunch of them that mm. run up the sides of your legs and stuff like that. I don't I guess. I, I don't, don't think that being able to do that longer would benefit my life in any way. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> That's where you're wrong. You're, you're liable to fall over any minute now. Watch him, Sean. Catch him. I mean, it's just your stabilizing muscles. They suck. <laughs> but, oh, one more fitness note. I was just, it's funny. I came across this, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, Matt Damon um, had to get in shape for another movie, and he had so many injuries that he really didn't want to do it. He doesn't trust trainers anymore because he's got bad shoulder, bad knee, because all trainers did it all to him. And he's working with a new guy, and his the new guy's thing is all just basic calisthenics that yeah. are very much like motions you do in life. No throwing around bunches of weights. I mean, you can add a little weight to do this, but things like, and, and this sounds crazy, but um, uh, just air squats, uh, uh, bear doing the bear crawl like you did as a kid, unlike your hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, lunges, that's easy. The farmers carry. You just carry something fairly heavy in each hand and you walk. Uh, sled push and stuff like that. What else? Oh, rolling from your belly to your back and back again, but only using your upper body, then only using your legs. That was one of the things I was doing. Sounds very basic and very stupid. Like you're on fire? Yeah, kind of. Like kinda. you're a baby? How do you just rotate your upper torso? Are you an action you, figure? Do you, ta- <laughs> you, you have kung fu grip in this scenario? No, you you take your arm and you roll it over and you pull your lower body with your upper body as if your legs are paralyzed, which is a dark thing to visualize. But but the very- the exercises aside, as we've been we've talked about this for years, and I just. Everything you need to get in shape, you already have. We all lie yes. to ourselves that we need certain clothes, we need certain equipment, the gym membership. Floor and gravity. Or street, if you're going to walk or run. Sure. You know, do that. Do that consistently for a month. If you can do that, then go ahead. Get a gym membership, buy the cool clothes, do all the stuff you want to do. But I don't think you're going to make it a month Yeah. of doing push-ups or sit-ups or whatever. If you've got a floor... Yeah, I, I I tell myself that all the time too, because it'll it'll, it'll trunk into my head. You know, I should get a gym membership, or maybe if I uh, had the right gear. <laughs> no, no, come on. With the, what's stopping me from doing push-ups or sit-ups every I day? Need Nothing. A Nautilus machine. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know, it'll really look good uh, with my uh, dolphin shorts. Uh, Michael, what does the employee manual say about the half shirts? Uh, moose knuckle and half shirt look. What do you like? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> really don't want to think about that. <laughs> Come on. Come and get it. And everybody's about to come back from the COVID. Oh, yeah. New Joe is going to knock their socks oh, yes. off. For business. For the whoring 20s. <laughs> Beautiful. Armstrong and Getty. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. 
So we start here with an Ohio State football player who passed out at the McDonald's drive-thru. Not because he'd worked out too much or... He was up late studying. Studying for his biology test, and apparently he'd been drinking. And this is the cops trying to wake him up, and it goes something like this. Is the car unlocked? Is his foot on it? The brake? Yep. Man, I was hoping for something else. Hey, big guy! Give him a little whoop whoop for me. Never seen a guy this out, man. I don't want to break. I think so. Grab him. I do too. Still not woke. Wow. Wow. That is D ass D. Drunk ass drunk. Well, I suppose you'd. I was about to say, do you have to break the glass? I suppose you'd have to break the glass as a. As a maybe he's de- dying. Right. Thing. You don't know if he's dying. You might save his life by getting him out of there. Yeah. Boy, you are really passed out if a siren like that. And of course, if that siren woke you up, you might have a heart attack and die. Holy yeah, crap! A number of years I'm ago. I'm in my car and there's a siren and I just woke up. And I'm surrounded by cops. <laughs> yeah. What is happening here, uh, officers? Uh, a number of years ago, and it was in Las Vegas. Uh, we started early and went hard. And at one point, my friend felt like he ought to wake me up in the night or check on me or something. He could not wake me up. And he, he told me that in the morning. And that, that's frightened me. So I decided then, to, I'm not going to get nuts anymore. I, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to wake me up when I was really passed out drunk. Maybe maybe you are that out. I don't know. Maybe I have been that out many times. I, I have no idea. Maybe wake I died. Up. And this is all a dream. <laughs> maybe Thank you. This is all a dream. This whole thing is just a boring dream. I told my kids the other day about how I, have, I rarely dream. I have like two dreams a year. And they're <laughs> always really boring. Nothing of interest happens. I'm doing dishes. It's not like I'm doing dishes and an alligator attacks me or I'm doing dishes and I can fly. No, just doing dishes. Wow, that's a shame. I have wild dreams, nutty dreams. I wish I did. I have no imagination. Sexy, sexy dreams. I've had like one sex dream in my entire life. And it was kind of just like led up to it a little bit, but never went any further. Well, there's, there's a problem with sex dreams. Not a problem for me. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to get uh, gross or no. I get it. I get it. But you just, yeah. No, I. Yeah, you keep driving. You never get there. My dreams are so boring. Wow. Um. But anyway, back to uh, this. So now, uh, is it? Should I say what it is, Michael, or is it better not knowing what it is? Uh, Better knowing what it is. Don't say what it is. Just play the clip. Okay. And we got a call from a, a few passerbys that they described a white male in front of the church there on Pennsylvania. They said that he was pooping right in front of the sign there. One of the callers in particular, she had young children in the car and she was justifiably upset. It was definitely not an animal. It was definitely human in nature. He did admit to defecating in public. You know, I guess uh, the urge got the most of him and he was a- unable to find an accessible restroom right away. So he took a crap right next to the church sign? Well, behind yeah. the sign, not in front of the sign. Not where kids can see you. I mean, anybody could have that emergency, but not not where kids are. Yeah. Apparently, you have to manage your diet. This was a rookie police officer's first arrest ever, and this is what... Oh, oh yeah, boy. That's what he ended up dealing with. Welcome to with. the force. 
And he had to go through the code book trying to find what's the pooping in a church lawn? Is that a sixteen eleven or now was the sign one oh eight? The sign was it a no pooping sign? Because I think that's a, just a more egregious offense. <laughs> right? and it should uh, the penalty should escalate. Right, he's incorrigible, obviously. And you know who's going to forgive you? God, God will forgive you. Yeah, but the cops won't. Public poopers. Gross. Yeah, no kidding. One thing that I hope that I that comes back to a certain extent with the pandemic going away is the ability to find a public restroom, because that has been uh, really difficult for the last year. Hmm. There just aren't very many businesses open, so their restrooms were unavailable, and then a lot of businesses the restroom was available, they were closed because they were trying to be COVID safe or whatever. Well, I have no need for that sort of thing because I carefully regulate both my bladder and my bowels. Very disciplined. Precisely the same time every day. You know, one of my best friends, are you are you joking or are you like that? No, I'm joking. Yeah, one of my best friends is like that, um, and he's been that way since college. We were roommates. He'll eat a meal, and then like 10 minutes he goes and does his thing. Each meal three times a day. He like clock hoops three times a day? Right after the meal, and no other time. So it's very easy to deal with. Whereas I'm as like I'm just random as can be. Wow, I'm just I'm fascinated by the three times a day, morning, noon, and night. That's well, what's weird. The, what's the proper number? And that's the way it's supposed to work. I think if you're no. I think you're really on top of it, that's the way it's supposed no. to work. I can no. ask the internet. Uh, Sean's going to ask the internet. Do it. No, it's clear one nice fresh no. bowel uh, movement uh, per day per week yes. per week. <laughs> I've done the per week. It's it's no fun. Armstrong and Getty.